Election College, Episode 111, The Federalist Party. Hey, Jason, way back in the day, there was this guy named Alexander Hamilton. Maybe you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. And there's a party that he kind of helped create slash was in slash uh, a lot of the principles he believed in were the principles of the party. And it was called the Federalist Party. Yeah. Yay. And everybody was a part of it, right? George Washington, <laughs> big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. No. I mean, you could pretty much say that if you really – you like to wear knickers – and <laughs> you were a founding father and you weren't Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> you were a Federalist, right? Basically, yeah, I think so. And I think Thomas Jefferson at the beginning. Let's throw a political party. Even was, Face it. Federalist the political scene sucks. It got but a little did it always? There, it's we'll time for election college. Or I guess and class is in like session. 37 instances where we've mentioned that in the past. Now, so maybe we your hosts. Jason Goff yeah, and Ben Smith. never know Smith. when these episodes is going to take us, but that's true. What, what we do know is the Wizard of Oz. Everybody, get out your wallets, get out your pocketbooks, whatever you call it. Yep, people still call them pocketbooks. I guess that's a Southern thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, get out wherever you keep your dollars and your $10 and take a look at that picture of Alexander Hamilton. You see him? Uh-huh. He's sitting yeah, there. He's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I I think there should be a game where like every time uh, we say Wizard of Oz, you have to do something. I, I was going to say drinking game, but there are probably children listening. So don't do that, children. But um, yeah, we say Wizard of Oz a lot. We do. But it's Alexander Hamilton and it everybody is. loves him now. I don't have any idea why. But <laughs> no idea why. I think it was yeah. us, actually. I... I most certainly. Yeah. We should write some music. Yeah, that's a good idea. So in 1789, you remember that year? Yes, I do remember that year. President Washington, he's like, hey, Alex, become the secretary of the treasury. And Hamilton says, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about having a strong national government. And hey, we need to be pretty solid on the financial front. Right, and we've talked about the plan that Hamilton came up with uh, in brief in the past. But basically, Hamilton says we need to create a national debt. We need to pay off our individual states' debt. We need to have a national bank. We need some tariffs, some taxes, etc. And James Madison and Thomas Jefferson are like, nah, let's not, dude. And um, everybody's like, okay, so are we going to do this or not? But Hamilton pretty much has the support of George Washington, and that's the only guy that matters at the time. Yeah, it must be nice. It must be nice to have Washington on your side. Exactly. And so by 1790, a lot of people are like, hmm, it must be nice to have Hamilton on your side. Why not? So this coalition of people that were like, yeah, federal government, 
They're awesome. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's become federalists. Yeah, and you could really call this kind of a, a group of nationalists who are about the nation as a whole and not about the individual states. Because, I mean, really, I do I do think that's probably really important at the beginning of a country's formation that used to be a bunch of smaller, essentially, colonies, countries, whatever, because they had to go from thinking as of themselves as individual states all the way up to... Um, being a country. So eh, who knows if it was good or bad, but I think it was probably necessary. Uh, At any rate, the Federalist Party, as you may have gathered, is all about a strong central government. And like I said, a national bank, huge subsidies, getting rid of of foreign obligations for debts and whatnot. Yeah. So we're not going to delve into too much of what a Republican is at the time, but that's who Jefferson supporters called themselves. They call them the Democratic Republicans or just Republicans for short. And I don't know. The way I kind of look at this is the Federalists, half of them are wearing knickers and big powdery wigs, and the other half are wearing like tuxedos and they have a monocle and they tend to be the bankers. They tend to be the people who are members uh, religiously of congregations that have a sort of government. So um, denominations like the Congregationalists and Episcopalians, they're like, hey, we're Federalists. We like to wear suits. And the Republicans were the guys who were out there, you know, sweating and (laughs) farming and (laughs) – you know they had dirt under their fingernails and and so on and yeah right yeah that's that's a good description of them jason um the federalists kind of think from the get go that the articles of confederation they weren't they weren't the best that they could have been um there needed to be a more strong working government there needed to uh, to be some things changed around. So they sit down and they get together to write the constitution. And there's a lot of the founding fathers that we know of that are part of this group. Yeah. So everyone from, from John Adams to Alexander Hamilton to really, I, you can go ahead and say George Washington, they are federalists. They're all about the United States of America. So if you are a Hamilton supporter in the 1790s, you're a Federalist. If you're not, you're a Democrat or a Republican or a Jeffersonian or a Democratic Republican or, you know, one of the 8 billion names that have been given to these individuals. And, uh, you know, like Jason said, it's a really popular party with the, the businessmen, the people who are not rolling up their sleeves every day who are out there making money, but in a different way. And, uh, um, the, you know, we've got these different party networks that are forming in the mid, uh, 1790s. And there's really no way to get around the fact that it's like, if you, your party is going to win the election, you're going to win all of the election. Probably one of the best ways to illustrate how the political parties came to be and how federalism or the Federalist Party came to be was the train of thought on how you handled taxes. And 
why not? Let's talk about the Whiskey Rebellion. So you had this excise tax, and it really ticked a lot of people off out in the frontier because, well, let's face it, if you're not a Federalist, you're kind of skeptical of the big central government, right? And the thought of taxes, eh, you really don't like that. So corn, it's the chief crop on the frontier, and it's really bulky to ship. You got to haul the stuff over the mountains and get it to the East Coast. So what did the people do on the frontier? They made it into whiskey. And And why not, right? Right. I mean, this this was pretty smart. And did you know this, Ben? The U.S. population consumed per capita like a huge amount of whiskey at this point. They're, (laughs) let's just face it, they're not making a whole lot of cash, but when it came to drinking, they had plenty. They were rich on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So there's these guys in Pennsylvania. We had a whole episode about this at one point, but there's these guys in Western Pennsylvania who decide... um, they're not going to pay the tax and they're going to cause some riots and everything. And Washington and Hamilton uh, actually go. They take 13,000 military men. They march toward Washington, Pennsylvania, and only a couple people die. Um, but they suppress the Whiskey Rebellion. And these are the Federalists. These are the people who they're really excited that the government's able to overcome a rebellion. Um, they're really enthused that they were able to enforce this national tax that's needed. And the Republicans are like, well, there was really never a real rebellion. This whole thing is kind of a manipulation of people's heartstrings to to right. um, make sure that we can have a standing army. Yeah. So you can already see it. You can see it in this day and age. Who are the people who are skeptical of the government coming in and getting up in your business Those are not going to be the Federalists. Federalists are going to be the ones who are like, hey, we're all in this together. Everybody pay their fair share and you're going to be happy, right? Because the government is going to, we're going to protect you. And this is all for the good of everyone. So it's always fun to talk about whiskey, right? I think so. Yeah, it's basically my opinion. So... It sounds like these guys who are for a big central government, they're going to be unified, right? But no. (laughs) Shortly after the party is even called the Federalist Party, you got the leader who is in the the founder, Alexander Hamilton. He doesn't like (laughs) Washington's vice president, Adams. And Adams is like, well, I don't like you either. Hamilton, I don't trust you with anything. And as early as that first election where Washington is not involved, you have a party that should easily have won the White House, which they eked it out. But Adams and Hamilton were at each other's throats. Yeah, it's pretty rare that you can run an organization. And, you know, let's face it. Um, political parties or organizations, pretty uncommon that you can do that when the two leading people in the party hate each other, essentially. And even though they were able to work together on some things, 
they weren't fans of each other. So the party kind of starts a downward spiral that it can never recover from, from the very start. Yeah. So by the time the election of 1800 rolls around, Adams is just, he's not popular in his own party. And everybody knows that Jefferson is going to win the election. Well, not everybody knows that, but we'll talk <laughs> about that later. Yeah. But it really leads to the Federalists becoming the minority in Washington. And you still have people like Daniel Webster. He's a Federalist. You've got John Marshall, who becomes the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And really, Marshall is the last taste of federalism on the government level. You've, you've got this party that is dying slowly over the next three decades. And we will do an episode about the Hartford Convention, which is absolutely hilarious and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You have the influence of some of the founding fathers dying off as Hamilton dies in the duel. And um, who's going to carry that mantle? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's really nobody else who, who's looking to carry on the party. And the ideas that were there are still of on in some sense in other parties, but not the way they used to. And so from, you know, the time where Hamilton dies to you know, 1812, 1815, things really go downhill. And by the 1820s, you're looking at just the few scattered remnants of what the Federalist Party used to be. Yeah. And it's tantalizing to think about what we could talk about, but we'll have to save that for another episode. <laughs> what you do need to know as we wrap up, because just in case you haven't been following where Election College is going with this, we're going into a little bit more in depth. We had so many comments when we went through the chronology of elections of, hey, there were all these great events that happened in our history. And we pretty much skipped over them just because we were only dealing with the elections. Well, here you have it. We had Washington week. We had Adams week. This week, we're talking a little bit more about the Federalists. And before you know it, we've got a new administration coming in in the year 1800. So it wasn't even close and can't wait to tell you about it in the next episode. Absolutely. And we'd love for you to tell your friends about us. You can do that by tagging us or just send them a message or something on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at Election College on all of those if you want to check us out, and we would encourage you to do so. Yeah, and um, be sure to leave us a star rating on iTunes. Wait, did you just say that? No. Okay. And it really helps us out if you head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review. And, well... We always say this, but if you tell one other person about Election College, it really gets this podcast in front of more people. So would you do that? Tell somebody who's interested or who is burned out. Next time you see a Facebook status that says, I'm tired of seeing all the political posts, <laughs> have them go over like Election College and listen. And I like to think of us as a respite from right. the crazy present because it's always more fun to talk about the past. Totally agree. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.